0: Are you ready, Freddy?
1: I was going to make a comment how we've never started with Ready Freddy. (laughs) Are you ready, Freddy? Freddy. And Hmm. I can't think of any other podcast that starts that it so. hey, was up, guys. Yeah, it's little Donnie. Little
0: Donnie. It hey, was up, guys. I'm... you remember Little Donnie?
1: No, I was trying to place
0: that. He's a backyard wrestler.
1: Oh, from like one viral video. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, little Donnie. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> he's
0: still wrestling.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Did you see Netflix created a deal with the WWE or whatever?
0: Oh really? Perfect timing with uh, all the Vince McMahon news. Huh? I know exactly. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> I mean that kind of falls into the camp of, you know, marketing. Like any news is market. I, I forgot the phrase,
0: but all, any all news is good news. All news is good Something
1: news. Like is that? Marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I didn't know that Netflix got WWE. I only found out because. I saw Vince McMahon uh, is a creep. Yeah. I'm not a big... You grew up in with wrestling, right? hmm What's your, like, looking back on your wrestling days, do you understand yeah, Donnie. why WWE has such a, an appeal? Or do you look back on it and think, yeah, I don't know why... I I cared about wrestling ever. Um, oh, I think I cared about it
0: in high school. Well, I mean, I grew up watching it as a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Who did you watch it with? By yourself. By myself. How'd I mean, like the pa- my cousins you, liked it. It was on pay per view, right? Like how? No, did no, you- no.
0: Because wrestling was on Saturday mornings and all that. Um, but I watched it. Uh, as a kid, like younger, and then stopped watching it. And then for whatever reason, when I was in high school, it got super popular again mm-hmm. because of the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. right? Stone Cold, oh the X. Generation X, Suck It. So, yeah. yeah. And it got super popular with all the jocks, and they were always running around school doing dumb wrestling stuff. And and you always so at to be first a right so at yeah. first it was like oh look at these fucking idiots oh they're so annoying da 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 but then it became like a curiosity right and mm-hmm. I started watching it and I was like oh this is actually fun it's like really stupid and fun you know what I mean yeah um and I think if you yeah I don't know it was just dumb fun mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, I just stopped watching it, I guess, after high school, probably.
1: Right. I, I always hated it. I I only cared he- about it because I got into Hulk Hogan when he started doing his acting a little bit. Mm-hmm. I went and saw his nanny movie in theaters, mm-hmm. I remember. And that movie, In the Ring or whatever, where they throw a wrestler from like the second story of a stadium and Mm -hmm. crashes through the ring do you you remember that no
0: i have no idea
1: i saw that one in theaters um man i'm i gotta look that up (laughs) exactly but i always thought wrestling was stupid like yeah i mean
0: well i won't say everyone but when i watched wrestling and enjoyed it i knew it was stupid yeah. But it's like fun, stupid.
1: Right, right, I think I think that's the thing. And I, I never had a... No Holds Barred mm-hmm. is the film. Um,
0: Okie dokie. J- Talk
1: to him. Just read a one-star review. <laughs> um, Oscar consideration. Hulk Hogan for <laughs> best reaction to a devious limo driver pooping his pants. <laughs> Apparently that's in there too. No hold bard I remember watching. Um but yeah, I I realized like looking back on it I never had a I loved Monty Python. Um and I I think that I had a sense of humor, but my sense of humor never allowed me to you know, be like stupid. Mm-hmm. I always thought that I was better than that. Mm-hmm. I guess that I bit. was a pretentious child. Sure. Looking down on all the wrestling fans. Jeez. And as I've gotten older, I've just thought that, you know, maybe I was missing out on something. Maybe now's my time to get into WWE.
0: Yeah. Now's definitely not the time. I don't know if you were <laughs> missing out on anything, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just occasionally it pops up on, on social media and everyone seems to be having like a good dumb fun time with it. And there's like, definitely
0: like yeah, I think there's definitely still like because every you know, podcast or whatever I listen to now, there's always some like small subsection of that podcast mm-hmm. audience that is super interesting. Interesting. And they're always like, you should watch wrestling. Yeah. And the host is like, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't work for me anymore. Well, oh, I guess I couldn't say I haven't watched it in, since high school. Well, <laughs> so. maybe here's, here's
1: your chance. The, the other thing, too, is like I feel like all the jocks have been sucked away to, like, ultimate fighting still. Sure. If you wanted that aspect of it, you're gone. Now you just have the people who are truly just trying to have, like, the dumbest, mm-hmm. funnest time with it and yeah um, yeah i'm i'm not going to watch it but i definitely look back on myself and i go you pretentious little
0: you missed out
1: yeah yeah that was your shot man you could have been <laughs> having some dumb fun pissed your parents off even more mm-hmm. triggered the boomers early by getting into wrestling my mom would have been so heart, heartbroken <laughs> She would have cried Exactly. <laughs> wrestling.
0: Um, I started playing Death Stranding.
1: You got a PlayStation or you play it on PC?
0: On my Mac. Ooh. It's on the Mac now.
1: Okay. How many roads have you connected?
0: No roads. Oh, you haven't built roads yet? Okay. No. <laughs> so early. I tell you, I think I've got five hours into it so far. And I want to say maybe 30 minutes of actual gameplay. So, so all I've done literally so far is walk across a mountain. Mm-hmm. I watched a movie for about two hours, mm-hmm. and then I spent 15 minutes walking across a mountain, and then I watched another two-hour movie, and then I spent 15 minutes walking back across that mountain. And I just fished another, another movie, and I'm getting ready to do something else, I'm assuming. but
1: It's a good movie, though, right? I stopped playing. Like in the back of the truck and the things pop up. I mean, and yeah, that's it's
0: interest. It's like, I don't have any idea of what's going on. It's it's it is not as vague or it is not as um, convoluted, sort of ambiguous as mm-hmm. true detective. This season oh. has been like, I feel like, <laughs> okay. but it's it's. Or not? No, it's more. It's more ambiguous than that. But it's in the same ballpark where it's like the stuff I'm watching is interesting. Yeah. But I have no idea what any of it means. You know, it's a Kojima game, so of course it's weird and nothing really
1: makes sense.
0: Makes sense. And you can kind of loosely tie things together, but. I don't know. I play video games to play something Mm. and I've kind of enjoyed what I actually played so far, Mm -hmm. but it's also one of those things where it's like, I've gotten so little of that that I don't think I have a full grasp on what I'm supposed to actually be doing and like what the actual mechanics of the game are
1: playing death stranding and playing another game recently made me realize I could never be a video game reviewer. Mm -hmm. And the piece of video game reviewing that I don't think people talk enough about is the fact that you're playing a game before anyone else has played it. Mm -hmm. So you are figuring out fully what this game is with no assistance or even idea of what it is that you need to be doing. Death Stranding, I've played a a good amount of it. I didn't realize that there were areas. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing the game and I'm looking at all the things I need to do. And I'm just, I'm going to do every single thing on this checklist. Mm -hmm. I'm maximizing. I'm going back and forth, back and forth uh, in this one area. And I'm playing, you know, over like 10 hours. I'm like, this can't be it. I'm missing something Mm -hmm. because I'm waiting for something to happen. And I'm just in the same area going back and forth, and I've built everything out now. I built roads and stuff, so it's so quick. There's no way that he designed this game. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that there's main quests, and I was just doing side quests <laughs> uh-huh. and like hundred percenting all the side quest stuff. Yeah. So then I do a main quest and one main quest, film movie, whole new area. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know. I thought everything was this one area. Yeah. I didn't know that there's like five areas. Right. Um, and that really impacted my progress because I, I, the game clicked with me and I got what it's doing. Mm-hmm. But then I think I overextended myself on the side content material. And now that I'm doing the main content again, I find myself just being like, oh, man, this is...
0: It's exhausting. It's
1: exhausting. And yeah. I, I spent 10 hours doing all the exhausting stuff in area one, and I think that sucks for me. But now I'm in area two, trying to mainline it, you mm. know, a little more. And, uh, man, it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's, it's work, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like Kojima has his proportions, ske- like, reversed, right? I need a larger proportion of actually playing your game and a smaller proportion of watching some weird shit that you thought up.
1: Well, he's making a Death Stranding show now.
0: Yeah, and there's a sequel. I just saw that got announced, and that's why I wanted to play it, which I'm sure the sequel's not coming to Xbox or anything else, but I don't know. I The other thing that's frustrating about it is that I like that the one thing I do like about the little bit of gameplay I've gotten so far is that it is different. From anything else I've ever played, right? Like conceptually, and me- the mechanics are almost like, um, what's that new Bennett Foddy game that's coming out? Yeah, the, the... Walker or whatever, uh-huh. where, you, where you just play a guy who's trying to learn how to walk or whatever. It's kind. Yeah. It seems kind of like it'd be kind of like that. Yeah. Um, probably a little less frustrating, but you know, I have no qualms with my whole with like the broad idea of the gameplay being like, yeah, you just walk from place to place and deliver stuff. But so far it's been like a one to 10 ratio of that. And I'm watching stuff.
1: Oh, it's going to swing way in the other area. Although, I mean, there, there are steady, you know, kind of film breaks, but when I got into the game, it, it really, to me, ended up being about a careful examination of progression. Mm-hmm. We all gamers love progressing. Mm-hmm. We love watching our character go from like uh, a nincompoop into a god. Mm-hmm. And Death Stranding is That's like... like me. Yeah, watch this guy stumble carrying 80 kilograms mm-hmm. to... Now watch him with, like, a tower balanced on his body Mm -hmm. and these, like, exoskeleton legs (laughs) as he walks (laughs) up this mountain and keeps his balance, you know what I mean? Yeah. And to actually, like, build that out, you see the progress of your character in inches. Mm -hmm. And other games give you that progression in miles, right, where... Oh, I leveled up in Baldur's Gate is another example of a game that I was playing through. Like, I was looking forward to every upgrade because I would get three new spells. Mm -hmm. Now I can, like, cast fireballs out of my ass or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Death Stranding is like, yeah, I get a better exo suit that helps me carry a little more. Right. So I can deliver these records Mm -hmm. to this loner (laughs) on this mountain. And I get to walk up this little creek bed Mm -hmm. for, I remember that mission. And that's the other thing too, it's like, it's way more memorable. Like I've played through Assassin's Creed games. I can't tell you anything that happened in those games. Mm -hmm. Right. But in this, I, I remember driving around this mountain, watching my bike run out of power and then realizing like, I need to find a route up and I just see a little trickle of water. So let me try to go up this little trickle of water. And it worked, but it was harrowing. And all I'm trying to do is get records to this old man, you know? Mm -hmm. That has stuck with me way more than other games I've played. So to me, like, that's what Death Stranding is about. And I completely get it. Um, But it does resist. Like, it feels like work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To the point where it got to it got where I was like, okay, I'm gonna play Death Stranding, and then pushing the button to open it, I was like, oh my god! (laughs)
0: That's a like a Pavlovian response.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I this is what I wanted to do. I'm here. I'm ready to push it.
0: Uh, Is the stuff in the world like the likes and the notes that's left by other players? Mm -hmm. The packages and stuff is that left by
1: other players? Some of them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, you may have come across some of my shit. Which again So far
0: I've just found a lot of Nick Easton's stuff. He's mm, left shit everywhere. I don't know if that's a real person or that's someone in the game. That's
1: his legacy.
0: (laughs) It's just (laughs) everywhere.
1: He's like, This game is going to be my eternal legacy. (laughs) You will always find Nick Easton stuff scattered. Yeah, or like what happened to Nick? Right. That I thought that sometimes where I like see this little thing, I'd walk over underneath a cliff and just see like um one health pack and i'm like what happened to this guy (laughs) (laughs) up there yeah um oh i wanted to say there, there was a game or there is a game that i got interested in that i was like i don't know who i could recommend this to but i don't know if this is on apple but um home safety hotline
0: yeah they were just talking about that on besties right
1: yeah, I, I didn't get to the end when they were talking about it. But it looks really interesting where you're just like almost like a 911 operator, mm-hmm. but taking more and more outlandish calls where people are like reporting ghosts and aliens or whatever in their house. Um, I was going to get on the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's available, but that, that seems like it would be interesting to play through.
0: Yeah, on um, on Besties they said you have to play it on a laptop. Or on a computer. They said you have to play it with mouse and keyboard. With mouse and keyboard? Steam Deck trackpad does not suffice. Okay, well, I I have it to connect to keyboard and mouse. Okay, well, you have to play it with keyboard and mouse, according okay. to the besties. Okay. Don't even think about Whoa. playing it on your Steam Deck, Whoa. okay?
1: Speaking of, can, well, we, dokey. can we talk really briefly? In a group chat, I shared the Neuralink uh-huh. commercial. Did you watch that? No. It's horrifying number one. It's like it's like a scary movie trailer. Mm. Um but in it they're showing like what you can do with Neuralink. And one of the things that they show is someone texting, but they're they're using the keyboard the digital keyboard. <laughs> right. And I'm like, "Do you do you really have to like mind pull up the keyboard and then think like T or like right. move the cursor over and click on T?" Yeah. Isn't the whole point of Neuralink? You think your sentence and it. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it's supposed to actually do. The, the only thing I know is the last I heard about Neuralink is that it was killing monkeys by the dozens. Well. And then the next thing I hear is, hey, it's in a human now.
1: Well, it not only was it killing monkeys, but I heard unofficially, I guess, because mm. I can't remember where I read this, but it was making monkeys chew their own fingers off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems problematic. Like, is that, is that, is that their progress? Like, oh, right. Okay. They're not killing themselves anymore. That's good. <laughs> they are chewing their own fingers off. Okay. Well, you know what? That's progress. <laughs> yeah. And, and one, one final thing on Neuralink, because in the commercial, they ask, they're like, do you have like MS or, or another like debilitating disease? you know, you could qualify for this. So I do understand, and I think that there's something to be said to, like, the effect this could have on somebody who has a degenerative, you know, disease or condition and giving them access to expression that I think is really viable, you Mm. know? Um, I forgot... Hamburger. ...who who just got diagnosed with locked-in syndrome. Celine Dion. Yeah, we're like you just shut down. Mhm.
0: Terrifying. Isn't that what the Diving Bell and the butterfly is about?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if it was exactly locked-in syndrome, but it does depict it in a very like compelling and terrifying way. Yeah. That I would also think, "Oh, if I could have access through a neural link in a condition like that?" Yeah. Stick mm-hmm. in my brain. Right. Yeah. You know? But, I also feel like we know that that's not the intended audience. Those people are means to get to the intended audience. yeah, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, we can try it on these people because they have a a uh, a disease that will kill them anyway. Mm. Um, but ultimately, no we we want our CEOs to be able to look at you and be able to analyze your viability to their company or to right.
0: themselves you know they want to be able to measure your skull indentations without being a racist yeah,
2: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> you know i i saw this one um person posted this uh like coffee company that keeps track of their employees and people that oh yeah uh-huh. on like the, the using the time, ai using ai mm-hmm. and it's like yeah that's that's what you want you want to be able right. to look at your employees and be like uh, so I see you've only made ten cups of coffee today. Mm-hmm. What did you want to talk to me about again? Oh, your kid is sick. Yeah, right. you go home. You know what I mean. Um, so. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so true detective. That's what this podcast is about. Clearly.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: although I do have a few other things. We, we we've had a little pre discussion, and there's a few things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. with you as well um so i don't know do you true just get the true detective out of the way and then um yeah the problem
0: i think we're having with true detective is or at least the problem i'm having with true detective is i don't feel it's like too there's woke. yeah it's too woke first of all <laughs> i've mentioned this before as a joke but now i'm serious it's too woke for me <laughs> uh is for some reason it just hasn't clicked uh, yeah it hasn't it hasn't grabbed me in any sort of way. There's plenty of stuff on the subreddit. A lot of good theories on the subreddit. There's a new subreddit because the original one is too toxic now. And so everyone who likes the show has started a second subreddit and there's good theories on both and interesting theories on both for whatever reason the shows not doing it for me. So I don't feel that compelled to think about it too much or to, I just don't have any opinions on it really.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think for me, and I think I mentioned this last time we recorded, it comes down to Rust Cole. Mm-hmm. That there's Rust Cole is compelling because of his monologuing mm-hmm. and because of his worldview that that makes him compelling, and that gave True Detective its cosmic horror. Identity, I think more than all the spirals and swirls, it's just this main character who is having a clear existential mm-hmm. meltdown mm-hmm. and crisis in the face of everything that he's seen. And that is a far more compelling character to follow than someone who is, you know, mean and racist, mean and kind of racist. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not getting the existential weariness and doom you're getting an actual doom of a human popsicle right yeah um and and that to that to me is like as compelling as that is it misses on the thing that makes true detective season one so compelling which is this character who's having a very expressive and distinct Existential despair Mm -hmm. crisis, Um, and yeah, here here you're you're getting it depicted. You're not Mm -hmm. getting the inner, um, you know, turmoil of of a character or the inner life of a character. uh, That feels projected. Mm -hmm. True Detective season one feels like a projection of Rust Cole's internal struggle. This just feels like a horrifying experience that these characters are having, but. Not reflective of, like, anyone's particular inner life, you know? Uh, so, I, to me, I think that's, that's probably the disconnect. But I also want to emphasize that I think the show is really good mm-hmm. for what it is. I think the human popsicle thing looks great. And mm-hmm. there's a reason why they filmed it from 20 different angles of you getting to see it. Yeah. Because they're obviously really proud of it. And they should be. Um, and it fits the tone of, of this season, but this season definitely, again, I think calling it true detective is more of a hindrance than a
0: yeah. It, boon. Yeah. I wish they, I wish, and maybe this is a subreddit thing, A too seeing too much stuff on the subreddit. I wish they weren't trying so hard to tie everything back into season one. Like, there's just been way too many. The spirals are everywhere. The, you know, the hallucinations. Now we have characters hallucinating. And going back to the Rust thing, like, Rust's hallucinations are, like, things that you could kind of hand wave as hallucinations. You know what I mean? Mm. He sees, like, a flock of birds flying In in a spiral. Right. Right? Like, that makes sense as a hallucination some frozen corpse sitting up in their hospital bed and talking to about your mother is not a hallucination, right? That's not passing the smell test or whatever. Like that's too much for me. Yeah. And my other issue with it really is just that I don't know what I'm supposed, what are we supposed to be solving? You know what I mean? Like I keep seeing all these theories on the subreddit about it's Peter, it's Hank, it's who like, it's who it's who did what? Like I were we got a, f- a bunch of frozen bodies that weren't like murdered by somebody. We got a guy wearing a jacket. <laughs> right. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be trying to figure out here. <laughs> it's so like all over the place and it doesn't in any way feel like a detective story. Mm. You know what I mean? Or like a mystery or anything. It just feels like a bunch of. You know, and and I know there's going to be an explanation for everything. It's all going to make sense at the end. But for whatever reason, to me, it just does not feel like I'm trying to figure something out.
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Like there was a feeling to the first season at least. I guess I don't remember the second or third seasons really. But there is a feeling to the first season of feeling like you're trying to follow a mystery and figure shit out. Mm -hmm. And this just feels like, yeah, there's some crazy thing that's happening and it will be explained to us eventually. But I have no hope of figuring it out before we get
1: there. You don't feel like there's a mystery. um, Yeah. In this one, as opposed to season one, you don't know what you're supposed to be trying to figure out.
0: Right. Like, there's obviously a mystery. I just don't. I don't know. It hasn't, for whatever reason, it hasn't grabbed me. Yeah. Like I said, there's plenty of stuff on the subreddit that seems interesting, but I don't know. Just not doing it for me.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'll i agree. Again, and I think it's because you don't have that clear in to the to the mystery. Whereas mm-hmm. you do, again, not to keep harping on this, but I think about Rust Cole's reaction to showing – What's Woody Harrelson's character? Marty. Name? Marty, the tape, mm-hmm. and how he, you know, has to walk out, and you see his reaction to Marty watching mm-hmm. whatever on the tape, and it's like that is the that's the connection, right? That's the the connection we have to this whole mystery. We're, we're experiencing it through this character, but yeah, with this, you don't have any exp- like you have a detective who feels regret that she couldn't complete this investigation, Mm -hmm. you know, but you still don't have a sense of what that first case was. We finally in this episode get a explanation of what happened, but we still don't see it. It's not like there's a flashback. So we just Mm -hmm. see like, yeah, I was brought in on this case and she freaked out and overstepped the you know the the old um uh de- detective she beat someone up right rough someone up a suspect and that got her booted from the case no so what was happened
0: was Jody Foster and Navarro what's Jody Foster's character's name
1: um uh, Danvers. At, Danvers.
0: So Danvers and Navarro were partners, mm-hmm. and there was a domestic abuse case, mm-hmm. and they both knew that this guy was going to kill this woman mm-hmm. eventually, but there was nothing they could do about it, quote unquote. And then at and then eventually they get the call, of course. Um. And the story that Danvers is telling Pete is that they get the call, they show up, and the woman is dead, and then the guy kills himself. Right. But in as we're watching the flashback, we see that the woman is dead, and the guy has not killed himself. And instead, he's whistling, mm-hmm. twist and shout, mm-hmm. Right and then it cuts away. Yeah. So I'm assuming Danvers kills the guy and the f- and then they um break up because Navarro is either not cool with it or whatever. Initially my thought was maybe Navarro kills the guy. Yeah. It feels and like- so that's why she gets demoted, mm-hmm. but I don't know. So either one of them kills the guy. Yeah. My money at this point is on Danvers, just because of the twist and shout thing. Mm. But um, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking Navarro. But that goes back to my my point is that we we don't yet have a clear idea of what broke their relationship up. Mm-hmm. We don't have like we're still figuring out the characters. Mm-hmm. You know. And, again, I feel like that's something that's, like, very clear. In True Detective, mm-hmm. you, you kind of have this clear connection and idea of who this character is. Or, like, any hard-boiled detective novel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm reading the Factory series still. Um, and, man, just what a clear idea of who that character is. Um, and any event that happens in that book series, I'm always filtering through him. That's what makes it compelling. It's not compelling what's happening in the books necessarily, Mm -hmm. although I think the plots are interesting. I read them because that main character is so well realized. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so again, I guess I'm just restating. I feel like this season is missing that well fully realized character that you can then access what's happening through mm-hmm. and it's
0: it's halfway over already
1: yeah i think that's the other thing too yeah and
0: episode three a lot of people were saying this and i i think i kind of feel the same way as episode three it kind of feels like there's been some filler already and there's only six total episodes
1: yeah absolutely i mean i would say i am all for i've seen across social media there's this kind of seemingly push against although i know social media is its own ecosystem Mm -hmm. small minority ecosystem but there seems to be this kind of push against sexual content in in like tv shows and films a lot of people trying to say that a lot of the younger generation don't have or don't see a need for as much sexual content and stuff Mm -hmm. um and a lot of older generations trying to be like, grow up, you know. But I would say the sexual content in this season feels like fluff. Mm-hmm. It it shows the character's isolation. But in the sex scene that we get with Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. the other guy, it's just not like, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm not getting as much. I'm not getting a clear insight into these characters in these various like sexual aspects of, mm-hmm. of the character as maybe you would think that I would get again I'm all for sexual content and stuff mm-hmm. but that feels fluffy to me.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't none, neither of them to me it felt like it reveals anything that you didn't already know about the character.
1: Right, you right. You
0: know, like stuff that you couldn't have already kind of gleaned from it whereas I, I mean I guess maybe it happens earlier with like Marty but it, it's like when Mar- when you see Marty and he's having his affair or whatever, it's like you're immediately like, oh, this guy's a, kind of a scumbag. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which was not uh, as, I guess, clear cut maybe before that moment. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts on
1: what could be going on? So... Previously, I kind of uh last time we, we recorded was kind of on this track of this isn't really a true detective story and kind of telling its own realistic story. Mm-hmm. I now have completely flipped, and I think.
0: Well, and they've explicitly tied it not just all the symbolism and stuff, they've explicitly tied it to. The first season, season with Trat with Russ's dad being in it now exactly because he's the ghost the the wack and wacky waving inflatable ghost or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and I feel like they also to me in this last episode maybe maybe I'm misreading it but I definitely got the sense that there's more supernatural stuff happened that that is to me harder to explain away by a like a natural occurrence. Right. Hallucinations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's maybe that's been one of the things that's turned me off, but it's definitely, I don't know. I still am assuming it's going to not be a supernatural thing and they're going to try and explain it, Um, you know, in some way. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff is just kind of what I was trying to say with the hallucinations is like, I don't know. There's a way to do it. That seems believable and there's a way to do it that like it's kind of like a corny horror movie way to do it and then still argue that it's believe like a believable hallucination you know Mm -hmm. what i mean which i'm assuming is what the guy sitting up in the hospital bed and talking to navarro is supposed to be a hallucination
1: yeah well going back then there's no way that guy's
0: alive (laughs) can i just say that period um yeah not an original thought but there's no way that guy's alive period there's no way he gets to the hospital
1: alive in a coma he's just
0: not alive
1: yeah um you know i i will say i i finished the film tigers are not afraid Uh um that the creator of this show made before it and that definitely leans into a blending of reality and supernatural worlds mm-hmm. um, and very comfortably accommodates both that, that I think is satisfying. So just looking at this creator's previous work, I could see them and maybe that's what has opened me to the reality that they might be telling more of a supernatural story mm-hmm. is thinking back on that film. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my, my thing is I'm now more on Team Supernatural, mm-hmm. even though in my heart I do think they will try and just explain away, but I, I, I'm leaning more towards Team Supernatural. Now, who or what is unleashed? We only have references to she is awake, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if we wanted to attribute this, there's some vengeful spirit and – we have violence against the indigenous population and indigenous identity, right? Mm -hmm. Running through as a, as a theme, which quick side note, would you freak out about your stepchild trying to connect to their heritage and culture?
0: Yeah. I think we talked about this, but yeah, the
1: way that she does. Yeah. No. where She makes her like clean. It's like, why do you care so much i don't understand i don't understand that you know what i mean yeah Uh, yeah and and i understand like it's like she's racist or whatever well and there's a flashback to her Mm
0: -hmm. dancing right yeah with her husband yeah and is he native or is he um what are they called
1: people (laughs) indigenous no. Oh, you're trying to think about the exact.
0: Eskimos. <laughs> what are the Eskimos called? <laughs> He's, no, native, no whatever. called Eskimos whatever. He's native. Whatever. <laughs> no one is called Whatever. He's native. Whatever. No one is called Eskimo. He's not a white guy, right?
1: Yeah. No.
0: I can't remember at this point. <laughs> but, well, yeah, yeah, there's still no explanation as to why she would be so super against that.
1: Bobo Cramp was right. We deserve.
0: It. <laughs> Look, I tried not to say it. Okay, you I didn't did know how try. else to express myself. You did try. Oh man. Um. But yeah, I, I there's no yeah there's yeah I don't know. It unfortunately does feel a little bit to me like, and I'm I'm not trying to give Nick, I'm not trying there's to give the help. pizza man any credit, but it's just not there. It's just not there for me.
1: Yeah, I again I think there's there's so many ideas. And I think yeah. that I think that might be one of the problems is like now there's always an accommodation for more and more ideas. Mm-hmm. Um narratives are no longer easily linear, you know? And I get it and I welcome that. I definitely want to emphasize that. I think about just think about the white savior trope,
3: mm-hmm. you know.
1: We could at one point watch John Candy waltz into a small country and lead them to the Olympics and bobsledding, you know, <laughs> and cheer along as the white fat, you know, man uh, helps teach all these, you know, passionate and bright young natives, you know, um, a new skill Mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I definitely welcome the fact that our narratives now reflect deeper consideration for the impacts of stories and who the heroes are, but this definitely feels like it's trying to accommodate so many ideas of identity and uh, along with its mystery that I don't I don't know how you could focus in in such a brief time too. Mm-hmm. Six how many total episodes? Six, yeah. Six, six and, and and accommodate for all of this. So you end up just shortchanging stuff in a way that at this point in the narrative makes me think like, yeah, could do we need the younger daughter, daughter same sex. Mm-hmm relationship that also is, has this like social media element where they're recording themselves mm-hmm. having sex. And then also she's painting stuff on her face that is pissing off mm-hmm. Jodie Foster. Like all of that stuff. I just, I understand where Do we need all need Hank is be.
0: being catfished.
1: Do we need Hank being yeah. catfished? I, all of that again, feels like here are all the things that we can consider in a modern narrative that, to me is like maybe if you just simplify it, mm-hmm. just streamline it a little bit, maybe you'd have a more cohesive experience. Also, we, we talked about some of the fluff of their characters, their loneliness, their isolation expressed through um the partners that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah. Let's let's focus a little more. Tell me more about who this lady you all woke up is. Mm-hmm. You know? Um
0: Like I said, I've got some stuff saved from the subreddit. I can't even bring myself to go through. Go to the subreddit if you're interested. There's a lot of good stuff on there.
1: Oh man. So I didn't realize you were this demotivated.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's theories for every single character on the show being involved. And what I don't know. Because I don't know how any I don't know how any one person um, It gets five scientists to freeze to death in the middle of the Arctic or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or gets caribou to jump off a cliff. You know? Um, But there is some interesting stuff. Someone is on there. There's a post on the subreddit about uh, the scene with Pete and Navarro and the way it's filmed is kind of traditionally filmed in a um I don't even know how you describe it like predator prey type situation not not that but like it's filmed in a way that like Pete is at the top of the bleachers the entire time mm-hmm. and Navarro is at the bottom of the bleachers starts at the bottom or not Navarro Danvers starts at the bottom of the bleachers And throughout the course of the questioning, she works her way up closer to him Mm -hmm. as if she's kind of zeroing in on Pete. And he is kind of slowly giving himself away with the whole you're not asking the right questions thing, which is also a throwback to the first season. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, That I thought was very interesting. I don't know what it means. I don't know how Peter could be involved at all in any of this. You know what I mean? It doesn't, I don't, I don't get how he would be involved with the scientists, right? There's a theory about the woman at the fishing, at the crabbing thing, who's missing fingers is involved Mm -hmm. because they show the handprint photocopy or fingerprints or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it's missing the fingers that the lady is missing from the thing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. No, I don't know what it means. Um Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on there. That like I said is interesting, but I I just don't I have no idea
1: mm-hmm.
0: how it plays into to everything that's happening, right. right? Because it's not like one this one woman's been murdered, we're trying to figure it figure it out. Yeah. It's Scientists have gone crazy. This other woman from years ago is involved somehow. One who, of the
1: scientists is missing, still alive. Right?
0: Maybe. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I don't.
1: Yeah, you know, talking to you, and, and we haven't talked about this this show since the last time we recorded. I think it articulates why I don't have a lot to say about it, and part of it is all the things that it is creating space for that again doesn't tie into a clear idea of you know a central idea of the show so even pete's family life i just don't know what that means Mm -hmm. like yeah he's being pulled away and he's being forced to have this like fractured relationship with his wife who's also indigenous right Mm -hmm. but why why do i care about that yeah you know and his son who Danvers is not letting him be there for. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Navarro's the killer. She has a dormant alter ego split personality whose true name is Sedna, right? Which is the thing she's alive. She's a lot. She's awake is Annie because they find the body thing in Clark and Clark's trailer, right? Mm -hmm. That, that thing is called a, a tulpa. And a tulpa is a spirit reincarnate. It's a thing that people use to try and bring people back from the dead, right? So it's Annie. She's mm-hmm. awake. Pete, his kid is named Darwin, <laughs> author of Origin of the Species. That's essentially what the scientists were looking for. What if everyone works for Hank, who is playing a love-struck buffoon? As it- maybe this stuff on the subreddit is not good, okay? But there's <laughs> stuff on the subreddit. I think Danvers suspects them. She puts on an act just like everyone else in this town of secrets. Oh, here it is. The clue is the scene on the bleachers in episode two. Watch the way Pete and Danvers shift positions and knowledge and power as they discuss the case. Pete rarely, rarely is lower than Danvers throughout the convo, but her insights into the evidence keep letting her climb the stairs and nearly be above him. He had to keep moving to stay ahead of her. Um, There's another post along those lines that actually breaks it down, like, scene by scene and goes into, like, color theory and blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I do love name-based theories. I love when I go on Reddit and see anybody go, their kid's name is X, (laughs) Icarus. We know Icarus (laughs) flew too close to the sun. They're getting too close to the truth. Right. And you're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that names are the way to unlock narratives. Yeah.
0: The one thing that I did find the energy to make note of out of these two episodes, I can't remember which one it was in, when they kept going to the evidence room Mm -hmm. and there was just a giant box Mm -hmm. labeled meth in the evidence room. Like, in the corner, just a box, big, bold letters, meth.
1: I mean, what are you going to do with all the meth you you uh, you detain? I guess burned. so. Can't it makes it, it easy, I suppose. Yeah, just throw <laughs> it throw in the big box of meth. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yeah, so I'll finish
1: it. Of course.
0: There's three episodes left. Mm-hmm. Maybe these three episodes will turn it around.
1: Yeah, I feel like this next episode's going to be big. Like, if, if it doesn't propel us forward, then I, I think I will be frustrated. Mm-hmm. I don't see how I'll be able to get through the season and not be frustrated. But I think they've set up to kind of move it along. But yeah, episode three definitely made me think about or start sensing the bloat. Mm-hmm. In in this story, all the ideas that are there and starting to maybe feel like they're not going to resolve all of it, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I still enjoy it. I still watch it Sunday night mm-hmm. when it comes out. Um,
0: um, did you want to discuss your bet or your wager? What
1: what wager? What did I do?
0: Um, how much? How much to lick the sickle Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> the one question I had based on these two episodes was, How much money would it take for you to lick the human corpsicle?
0: Yeah.
3: Well, you,
1: you, you said what part. And obviously, I have
0: a couple questions. There has to be some parameters here. So, course. yes, what part do I get to pick the part?
1: So, number one, it's not pure ice. Because then it's just, Would you lick okay. ice? So, it has near, to be a
0: human part. It
1: has to be a human part.
0: Okay, so but no specific. As long as it's a human part, I'm trying to think through what that would. Does imply. it have to be below the waist, above the waist? Yeah, it doesn't no. have to
1: be like. I'm not trying to get a sexual thrill out of so, <laughs> you know. Okay, this isn't for me. Um,
0: is this there is, like is, for is there going to be like a like a like a rolling scale? Like an Ooh, arm more, is this much, mm-hmm, a butt mm-hmm. cheek is this
1: much, right? Again, I'm not trying to get a sexual The dangle thrill. is this much, right? Yeah, I'm not trying to get a sexual thrill out of this, and I feel like that leads me down that path a little mm-hmm. bit. I want to I resist. But absolutely, there would be a sliding scale, okay. 100%. Like, if you go for a finger, right. fine. But if you go for a face, if you lick their face. My other
0: question would be, what is a lick? Do you have to go up? can you just
1: touch it with your tongue here's the thing does what, there have to be emotion involved whatever cost we're we're deciding on uh-huh. i'm breaking that cost down and i'm saying per like inch of mm-hmm. lick is increasing whatever that value is
2: mm-hmm.
0: so if i walk up to the to the body and i just find a shoulder right and i just do like I just touch it with my tongue like the kid in the Christmas story.
1: Yeah, and it sticks to Oh, if it sticks to And it to sticks. It, you're you're getting all the like <laughs> Yeah, you win. You win.
0: You have if, to bring in like hot water to get me off.
1: Get, <laughs> you have to get a hot water or cut around you to get you out of there. You absolutely win. Yeah. But if you go in there and you like touch then whatever the value is, you're getting the minimum value of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: You know, we've had a lot of these questions in the past recently for whatever reason of like, what would you do for X amount of money? Mm. And my stance has always been, at least recently, I'm not doing anything for money because I don't know, just something about it bugs me. And there's something about it like obstinately being like, I'm not going to play your capitalist. Yeah, exactly. I'm not giving you any sort of satisfaction. I'm not giving you any power over me. Blah, 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 blah. But now that we are a one income household, Mm. I'm rethinking things. Right. So the squid game has become real.
1: now, (laughs) Now you're like, okay.
0: yeah, I don't know. It's a good question, though.
1: Yeah. You know, for me, I the older I get, so I was the type of kid who um, would leap into bed mm-hmm. as a kid because I was scared of hands coming out and grabbing me. I wanted every part of my body tucked under sheets because that way no ghosts or anything could get me. So very active, overactive imagination. As I've gotten older, all of that has kind of slipped away to the point that I'm, at this point in my life, like any question of like, would you sleep in a hunt? Yes,
0: yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> show me something. Please. <laughs> Give me 10 bucks. G-
1: yeah, but, I don't care. <laughs> well, <laughs> buy yeah. me groceries for the week. <laughs> yeah. But, but also I'm like, yeah, let this world surprise me a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, show me a ghost. i am down for seeing a ghost. Like yeah. um. So yeah, like licking a corpseicle I'm like, yeah, their bodies. Stuck in ice. Mm-hmm. Frozen. Okay.
0: There's a part of me that feels like I would do it as a dare, but I wouldn't do it for money.
1: Right, right. Like, I really appreciate your stand. I also know that you mean that. <laughs> I, I also know <laughs> that in this hypothetical, for all sitting around looking at the corpseicle, that you would, you would legitimately <laughs> let me take, give me no money. I need it. <laughs> I'm licking this thing. And for me, I'd be like, give me, I'll... I'll Get my tongue stuck to this thing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um... Okie dokie. Dude, let me ask you this, going back to the money thing. Mm -hmm. Don't you you want, at some point in your life, to just feel a bunch of money?
0: Like, to physically feel it?
1: Like, to hold it. Like, if somebody's like, here is $150,000, you can just touch, you can just lift it.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. For me, I think I just want to. You just want to feel it? Just hold
0: it. I mean, that's like the, uh, that's the, uh, you know, someone walks, the movie thing where someone walks in with like a briefcase of a million dollars or whatever, or a duffel bag full of money. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my first thought I think would be like, this is going to get lost or taken from me or something. Yeah. I would just want it in my bank account.
1: Yeah, my feeling, like, if I was a cop and we just did a bust...
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I'd be like, listen, you guys can divide wherever you want. I don't need your dirty money. Can I just lift it, though? Can I just hold... I just want to yeah. hold a million dollars. Just lift it up, put it down back
0: Yeah, up. there's no way. I'd be a dirty cop. Oh, you w- I would be
1: taking money left and right. I guarantee okay, it. Okay, no, I, w- I would, too. <laughs> okay, I, I would, too. The, the other thing... Two things I want to say really quick. Number one, um, my cool runnings joke about or comment about the white savior thing. Cool runnings was like the dumbest example. I, could, I don't, <laughs> I don't actually think cool runnings <laughs> is an example of like white savior, for example. I was just kind of, listen,
0: I need something to take the running. Eskimo heat off of me. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> I was
1: running with a little bit uh, of a le- a lead on my leash there. Sure. Um, Number two, um, I saw somebody tweet something that now they say the money thing it made me think about that I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just looked at all the stuff on my bucket list. I can't wait to do all this stuff. It looks so awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love that. How many people have a bucket list that is just... Yeah, you'll never, why even, why'd you do that? (laughs) Why'd you do that to yourself? Yeah. (laughs) Keith, you want to lift a million dollars in your lifetime? Why? (laughs) Why'd you even think of that? It's never going to happen.
0: (coughs) All right. All right. Um, What else?
1: Yeah, I have a side discussion for you. Okay. Really quick. So this is kind of based off of what we were talking about before. But I've been thinking a lot about so one of the things I've been working with um with Indy is the the impact of like technology as I've seen it play out in him. Mm-hmm. I realize now a lot of the things that I worried about and read about years ago, stupid. No one knows the future, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of like the scaremongering of like, or fear mongering, scare, fear mongering,
0: <laughs> scaremongering.
1: <laughs> That's where it's not as bad as fear. <laughs> You're just trying to get somebody anxiety, uh, slight right. anxiety about the future. <laughs> um, but all the fear mongering about like, hey, this is what the internet is going to open your kids to yeah. and like predators, right? I remember being terrified of like, Yeah. If a kid is online, you know that their image is now taken. And mm-hmm. and it's like, now that I'm older, I'm like, okay, that, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't give him a phone when he was four. Mm-hmm. Um, But also, I'm not as concerned with his access and activity online mm-hmm. as maybe I was led to believe I should be. Um, But the thing that I think is objectively true and something that I see across the board is access to more whatever it is, information, more entertainment, more activities. It has a dulling effect rather than a, like an encouragement of curiosity Mm -hmm. and exploration. I think that that's something that's been true since forever. Like the most dull people in, any society I think tend to probably be the richest people they have access to the most stuff and yet are the most insufferable people Mm -hmm. to engage with or watch engage with life. Right. Um, and so now we have access to all this stuff, but I do see a devaluing of any one activity. So, um, you're wanting him to get involved with an instrument to learn a specific skill like that Mm. or watch more long form content like a film, you know, reading a book, right. Becomes a huge concern of mine. Um, and, and making sure that reading is a part of his life because the reality is technology has been designed for our brains to captivate it, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's not, it's not illuminating or interesting to say, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's an addiction for your, a designed addiction for you. It's like, yeah, of course it is, but it's here now. We live in the world of technology. So how are you going to live in it as opposed to live in constant opposition of it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Are you going to be someone who's like, all right, fine. Then raise your kid completely disconnected from the internet and out in the woods, good luck to you. Not a life that, not a battle I want to spend my life fighting. Right. You know? And it has me looking again at the value of things. And as I was showing him certain films, I was realizing, oh man, as a kid, I love this film. This film sucks. It's stupid. <laughs> you know, like why? Why would I want to spend time watching this? You mm-hmm. know, or like as we watch TV, you know, well, why would I want to watch any TV? You know. Versus like go learn a skill like carpentry or whatever. But also, that's not an option for a lot of people. Definitely not an option for my life and not an interest of mine. Mm. I could not be a carpenter if that was the only way I could make money. You know? (laughs) No one would want to buy my shit. I couldn't do it. Mm. So it has me thinking about, you know, the things that I grew up valuing and then the val and it, it brought back into my mind now. I've gotten to the point where I realized growing up a lot of things I was looking for was like validation on my life. I wanted somebody to look at the things I was doing and say that that has value. Keep doing it. So I would read a lot of Shakespeare mm-hmm. before I knew what the hell it was talking about. I'd be like, yeah, this is meaningful. <laughs> I'm going to freaking read Shakespeare with all the little footnotes, mm-hmm. and I'm freaking going to get it, you know, because because that is, like, meaningful activity. Mm-hmm. And I did all that in search of validation of my life. My life has meaning because I've read Shakespeare. Right. Um, as I got older, I realized you don't need that validation. You know, you could just, nope. like, yeah, you could not have interests mm-hmm. and still be living a valuable life it doesn't have to have like a end sum in the positive column mm-hmm. in some way right necessarily at the same time the older i get the more terrified i am of people who don't have hobbies yeah you know the people mm-hmm. who like just i don't really like music oh what do you watch i don't really watch anything oh what you um what do you do then? <laughs> mm, nothing. I told mm-hmm. you I talked to somebody who I was getting my my teeth clean. They're like, yeah, yeah. How, how was your holiday? I was like, good. They're like, yeah. I was like, how's yours? They're like, oh, I just sat around. I was like, oh, really? You know, what'd you read? What'd you, and like, no, I didn't read anything. I didn't watch anything. Yeah. Oh, did you go anywhere? No, I just, I just sat on my couch. And I realized, <laughs> like, they really meant they sat on their couch. All right. And that, like, it gave me, like, an existential... Anxiety.
0: Yeah, maybe they were doing something. They just didn't want to tell you.
1: Okay, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they were like just practicing their flossing. Yeah, they gave me that was crocheting or whatever. Yeah, well, that was the vibe they gave me. It's like, no, I. This is what I love to do. My job. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, all of that to roundabout kind of get get back to you, and say like, a few questions. Number Mm. one. What is the value of television, for example, in your life? Mm-hmm. True Detective. What did we watch before True Detective? The Curse. The The The, the Curse. Mm-hmm. Great example. Severance, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Season two is coming up. Number one, what What's your relationship to like just those TV shows or TV in general? Is it pure distraction? Does it bring value to your life? Uh, it can do
0: both for me um the curse i loved watching and uh you know it was good discussion it's fun to watch it's then fun to like get on reddit and read all the theories so there's like a couple different levels to it we're also watching season 2 of the traders which is just complete trash entertainment Fun to watch, and it's fun to like uh, while we're watching it. Like game plan, and be like, "This is what I would do. This is what they're doing wrong." Da da da. And it's just entertainment. And I put it on. We put it on, and for forty-two minutes, I think about the traders. And it gets turned off, and I don't think about it again Mm -hmm. until we watch the next episode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's all that it is. So I kind of do both. I don't ever find myself, and maybe this is just because we don't have like cable or anything, like everything is streaming. So you have to kind of have a reason to put something on. Mm -hmm. But I don't tend to, you know, what has taken place for me, the idea of like just putting something on the TV and having it on is. Video game streaming. Mm. If I want to have something that's just kind of on in the background while I'm doing something that doesn't require my full concentration, I'll put somebody on who's like streaming a game just to have that noise in the background. Um, But if I'm watching TV, it is for a specific purpose. Even if that purpose is, I just want to watch some trash for a little bit and not have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Do you, or have you ever reflected or thought about, like, what you watch or how much? Okay, be safe. And feel a certain way about it? Like, negative way? Mm. Um, Get, like... Even guilt associated or not even guilt, but just not reflection. anymore I
0: mean, I'm sure I did when I was younger mm-hmm. for various reasons for Christian reasons or for yeah I, m- I mean maybe that that same idea of like when you're younger and being like more idealistic and you know being like I need to be bettering myself or whatever, mm-hmm. but at this point in my life, no, it just is i don't there's not there's not much i do that I feel bad about yeah outside of being a parent and yeah. constantly feeling like I'm doing something wrong you know what I mean but I feel like I've gotten past that whole uh, that's a maybe a little bit of a young man's game of like feeling like convicted or whatever about what you're watching or listening to or for whatever reason right yeah. not necessarily religious or whatever
1: yeah yeah I th- I think it's interesting that it's, it's like they say, right? Youth is wasted on the young. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have all the time and access to stuff. The other thing, too, is I think getting older, you just reflect. I realize, like, childhood is so brief. Mm-hmm. Like there's such a small window where you are aware of yourself as a separate entity from your parents or anything, and you have full autonomy to kind of, like, just do what you want. Mm-hmm. Such a brief little window, because I remember... It's it's like watching my son grow up. I'm like, he's already passed this certain window that oh yeah that you look back on with like nostalgia or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like at his age, I would be like a few months away from working at Chili's, mm-hmm. being a host, <laughs> All hating right. it, and like that was yeah. And then from there on, it's Chili's, Cracker Barrel, mm-hmm. college, Chili's again. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're then you're like an adult. All right. That, 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 that's it. And then you're looking back on, yeah, four-year window maybe. All right. Just, where you're still doing school and all that stuff. And trying to figure it out. And, and again, trying to, like, find value in life. Mm-hmm. Although value is so much easier to find. Video games is another great example. Something that I spent a lot of time and got a lot of enjoyment out of that now that I get older, I find myself just ready to move on from games more quickly, mm-hmm. even as I have a desire to like dig deep into a game. I just find myself truly incapable. We got a PlayStation, you know, the other last year mm-hmm. and so many games I haven't played, you know? And, uh, I played death stranding. Um, I started Uncharted, didn't finish, mm-hmm. st- watched indie play last of us. That's something else. Like more than playing, I do find value in watching mm-hmm. because I think also there's there's times that games will demand of you things. I find myself getting more frustrated at games now. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Wake 2. Mm-hmm. Cursed more playing Alan Wake 2 <laughs> than I have in my entire life and walked out of Alan Wake 2 being like, that was really great. Yeah. But also feeling like, If I watch somebody play this, I don't know that I'd have that That, different of an experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. That might be something I
0: feel bad about, not finishing Alan Wake. Yeah. Alan Wake 2.
1: Yeah. So it's also brought back, for me, I found a huge value in reading Mm -hmm. has come back to me. Um, And you have like A.O. Scott leaving movies behind to go read. Mm -hmm. Now he's like doing book reviews. Oh, really? Yeah. He like wrote this whole manifesto just kind of being like films just do not engage me in intellectually anymore. Mm -hmm. And as more films are made for mass appeal, there's less to dig into and dive into and less return, I guess, Mm -hmm. for him in them. Um, I don't feel that way about films yet. But definitely, in books i I'm finding a lot of value, but I also find you can find the most mindless shit in books. Mm-hmm. Some of the books are the I can't imagine that people give as much time as they need to read like verity, you know a crappy book is still going to take you like eight to ten hours to get through mm-hmm. <laughs> on on average, yeah do you really have eight to 10 hours to give to like a shitty uh, plot? I'd rather watch a 90 minute movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But it, but it has me thinking about value again in, in life in a way that I really gave up or felt like I gave up as I look at my son. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that anxiety for your children as well about like, analyzing activity in life as being like valuable versus less valuable or even wasted time or yeah i mean i've had the same
0: conversations with sophia i can't remember exactly why it came up but i mean yeah basically the same conversation of like look uh, you're I'm I'm going to say this to you because I have to say it to you as a parent and you're not going to understand it because of your age and you're not capable of understanding it. But this is these years of your life are going to be your most carefree, are going to be your most. Like, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to worry. You don't have all these responsibilities, blah, 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 that whole conversation. And yeah, you're not going to understand what I'm saying to you, but I have to say it to you just mm-hmm. because that's where we're at, you know? Um. And so I do worry. I mean, I guess I don't because growing up. You know, I I tend to focus more on like the actual quality, quote unquote, of what they choose to watch and listen to and all that. Even though I didn't have any of that growing up and growing up, I listened to terrible music and watched terrible shows mm-hmm. and eventually, you know, quote unquote terrible and eventually found my way to different things. Um. And so I do think about like, th- they also have, I also have the relation, the dynamic with my kids of like, we can't like what dad likes, right? That's lame. That's just the dynamic we have. I don't know why I don't, I didn't try for that, you know, yeah. but that's just what it is. Yeah. So I'm also kind of thinking like, uh, let me not push them too much. Yeah. because they're just not going to like anything just out of principle that I yeah. like. um, But yeah, I do the, you know, the screens thing and the internet thing is like, yeah, I, I, most of my brain power on that is taken up by how do I control this in a not damaging way? Yeah. Right. Because we, we don't allow unfettered access to screens all the time. We try to monitor everything possible and, like, keep constraints on everything without being overbearing and being, you know what I mean? Like, we have restrictions on stuff. We don't necessarily, like, look through their phones and look through their history on stuff and we do our best to be like hey if you if you run into anything and you have questions talk to us about it Mm -hmm. right but there's all these restrictions in place we've had some uncomfortable conversations right uh one of my daughters has searched for some stuff on the internet right Mm -hmm. and we've had uncomfortable conversations um so, yeah, I, you know, it's like like I was saying before, it's kind of like it's the one thing that's like I do, I, I, I'm not comfortable with is being a parent that I you just always feel bad about. You always feel like you're missing something. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. And you're always trying to, like, figure things out and rework things and take a different approach, and, or at least I am. You yeah.
1: Know? Yeah. Yeah, and for me, it does make me think about, all the wasted time and effort of my own childhood and how parenting naturally I think turns you into a more critical like person Mm -hmm. where I understand now how parents can be seen as critical of their children. Because it's, I used to think it was like, Oh, well you just want the best for your kids. That's why. But it's like, that's not the only answer there. A lot of it is, trying to articulate value in life period. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an open ended question and something that I don't know that anybody can have a, a answer on. I remember my, my world being rocked when I started, when I was old enough to start exploring and understanding artists individually and, and, had that interest. So I started reading like autobiographies mm-hmm. and biographies of artists that I really looked up to and liked. And again, as someone who's trying to find answers in life and value in life, I always attributed to, um, you know, artists as having a monopoly on articulating that value. Um, because they're the ones who are creating things of meaning, of mm-hmm. value That's they're the ones who, you know, um, lived for hundreds of years because of their work Mm -hmm. and then realizing that a lot of them are just pieces of shit, you know, (laughs) and just don't have any better idea than you Mm -hmm. or the person who just was a good dad and then died young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably a more valuable life than the artist that wrote 10 great, you know, works and then Mm -hmm. was a, Piece of shit to everybody. Hated by everybody. Yeah, hated by everybody. And then their legacy is more told through like letters they never thought would get out that showed them as being a horrible racist. You know what I mean? And you're like, what? What a piece of shit. And yeah, what a what a way to devalue your life's work and devalue all of it. You know? Yeah. That yeah. What is what is worth my time or effort? And now I'm looking at. My son and I, too, find myself in this weird push and pull of being like, he can determine his own interests and value of time, then also looking at how he spends his time being like, okay, not like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Like, you literally spent four hours on TikTok, (laughs) and I I asked you to share with me one, one video or one thing that stuck with you, and you just looked at me blankly like I don't know what you know and be like okay that's not good that's not good you -hmm. know Um, so let's explore what you see value in and then through that exploration like you said like having a conversation that makes you feel like I'm saying things to you that I know are important but you don't understand you have no frame of reference Mm -hmm. so when I say like let's find something of value to spend your time on you look at me like what are you talking about (laughs) yeah but you still have you feel like you have to i have to do this this is what has to happen now right um because i am older that i see it better than you yeah um and then also then i look at my time and i'm like yeah i'm watching true detective and be like yeah it's fine yeah you know and then i'm turning around and reading this book that i go back and three stars right no no not three stars Three point two right. stars because uh-huh. the characters were a little more well rounded than what you normally. Do. Uh-huh. Okay, so I, I got to give it a point two.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So anyway, uh, yeah, it has me. I've just been thinking a lot, a lot, a lot about it, and again, I think just based on how life has gone dictates a lot of, you know, your vision. Obviously, and mine mm-hmm. has led me to a place where I feel a lot of freedom in where to go Mm -hmm. again it, it kind of my life feels a little bit like a reset you know and trying to understand how to process that that reset that reorganization of value of my life moving forward it definitely has illuminated areas of my life that i spent way too much time and effort on like early relationships where you're like yeah that why'd you do that? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but everyone else would say like, oh yeah, relationships is a good, that's a good thing to spend time and, and, an effort on. Yeah. And then you, you look back and you're like, I wish I would have watched more Simpsons episodes. Mm-hmm. Like that, that would have, we had more fun, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, it has me, my own life reflecting then with, with my son's life and, and also realizing that I do think there is, I do think that there is value. Like I am not a libertine in the sense of give your kid access to everything and they will find their own way. Right. I think get, getting access to everything is going to lead them probably down the a, a objectively less valuable path mm. because I think our human brains want to settle that that there needs to be some some stress there, right? Mm-hmm. Like we get older, we realize like, oh, if I, you know, my existence in the last few years has shifted from like a expectation into a question. I feel like life now is saying, do you want to live more? Mm-hmm. Not, oh yeah, you, you're you going to live a little longer because mm-hmm. now I have to work out. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do that before. <laughs> and hey, I don't have to work out. If Mm -hmm. I stop working out, my heart's going to give out, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So the question is like, yeah, I do want to live longer. So I will work out more, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, I don't want to be a completely useless person. So I will develop something. I will work at something. I will like, like do something that feels like work. I'll play Death Stranding because that game is going to challenge me in ways Mm -hmm. that Pow world won't. Power World will just perpetuate this, like, man, remember Power Like, in five years, I'm going to look back and be like, <laughs> what was that? About? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it's just genuine be like, man, I delivered those records to that guy and found my found the path and worked at it and right. got frustrated and solved the problem and felt better.
0: You know, there's a part of your brain, two parts of your brain. So, um I've been listening a little bit to um, one of these guys who's like hyper obsessed with himself and like Mm -hmm. maximizing everything. Tech bro, Andrew Huberman. You heard of him? I don't know
1: him, but I know the type.
0: Yeah. He's a uh, neuroscientist or whatever at Stanford. Interesting guy. There's definitely some grifty stuff to it, so you have to take from Always. it what you will. But he said there's a part of your brain. There's actually two parts. It's or there's one in each hemisphere mm-hmm. um, that uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it it grows and it shrinks it grows the more you do it, it shrinks the less you do it every time you do something you don't want to do it grows mm. and then you get better at doing stuff you don't want to do it's mm-hmm. like a willpower gland or whatever um so i've been i've thought about that but yeah it's i guess going back to there is like one thing i haven't been like exercising as mu- as much i feel bad about that you know but going back to this idea of, like, I mean, I I think the question, too, is more prominent when you work at home, right? Because now you kind of have no excuses. Whereas when you're in the office all day, you kind of have a built-in excuse of, like, well, my entire day is taken up by working in this office anyways, right? But when you're at home, it's a lot more prevalent to be, like, yeah, I just sat in the house all day. Mm -hmm. And... Did you work? No, didn't really have any work to do. <laughs> I just kind of mm-hmm. sat here and watched the YouTube all day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's something I do think about.
1: I think that's something else I'm adjusting to. Maybe this is a whole – I mean, this is definitely a whole other area to talk about, but I also started working from home last year, mm-hmm. and just that wild shift – like all that that means for my life,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm still wrapping my head around. I'm still trying to understand. And again, previously going into the office, which, which I will say, so glad I don't have to do, you know, um, sitting in traffic, all the things that going into work demanded of you, mm-hmm. that now I don't have demanded of me. And the time that I have to integrate my personal life into my daily life, mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think, forces you to reflect on value again. Because before, I wasted literally at over an hour coming home from work mm-hmm. and in traffic. That was wasted time, but I had a reason for why I wasted it. Right. And yeah, I'm listening to a podcast or listening to music or something, so mm-hmm. trying to make, make that time valuable. Now that hour's mine what am i going to do with it mm-hmm. and like you said am i going to watch vegas matt
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? i'm gonna watch some guy lose ten thousand dollars on youtube <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and you either get frustrated or elated that you're he right. wins a fraction of that back yeah you know what i mean um yeah you know and, and you're just like again it's not a question when i was younger i think i think about it as value it's not a value thing anymore yeah i'm not looking for validation if i croak Tomorrow, I think I'm going to be like, yeah, I did what I could with my life. Right. But it's about I'm a dead man! being aware of the time that you have and then just asking yourself, like, yeah, what do I do? What does this mean for my life? What does mm-hmm. this mean for me? Um, and, yeah, what does it mean for my kid? Mm-hmm. Especially. Um but yeah, I don't know, man. I've been I've been thinking a lot about that, a lot about that stuff, which also got me, and I kind of want to know re- really quickly your experience of this. I got you to order a book.
0: Yeah. So the deluge.
1: So we are going to read, or we're going to attempt attempt to to, to read. Yeah. Um, a book called The Deluge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I have been circling this book. For a long time, mm-hmm. and what I found as I've gotten into books more, um, BookTube, whatever, uh-huh. um, to me, largely useless in terms of recommendations, because you realize, you know, podcasts, YouTube, uh-huh. what what you're if you really in, invest yourself, you're looking for a return so you are driven by the algorithm doesn't yeah. help you to talk about the brass halo mm-hmm. the last book i've read that's out of print mm-hmm. people might struggle to get their hands on it um but man that was such a good book that i'd love to talk about and really made me think about you know mm-hmm. so you get just the big books you get the normal same shit yeah recommended to you Rarely do you get a book that's like, this is really interesting and unique and specific. Um, And so The Deluge is a book that I only saw referenced a few times. definitely out of the norm of, like, booktube Mm -hmm. recommendations, but is definitely a quote-unquote important book. Yeah. And... Try a book that seems to want to speak to um, you know existence today, which has also been a books that I've been more curious about. Mm-hmm. Um that reflect our, the, the time that we live in. The problem is the deluge is like a thousand pages. <laughs> Forty hours audio. <laughs> Uh-huh. I reached out to you because I'm tired of circling this monster. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't think that I will read this alone mm-hmm. because this book could be like insufferable. Mm-hmm. And if I had re- even read the little bit to realize it's insufferable alone without being able to like express to somebody like, look at this thing, this thing sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, i'll i'll just be even more miserable yeah so i reach out to you hey would you be interested in reading an extremely long book or whatever i send to you the deluge next thing i know you're like it's coming on sunday <laughs> so number one what was
0: your experience of that uh i kind of just wanted to prove to myself that i can still actually read a physical book
1: well you read two six six six
0: no, I read the Savage Detectives.
1: You read the, and then you ordered two six six six.
0: No, I don't think I no because I hated the Savage Detectives. Okay, but the I feel like the maybe that book is longer than the Game of Thrones books. A thousand. I have never read a book that's a thousand pages long. I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but there. But I also because I kind of had that same thing where. Towards the end of the year, I'm like best books of the year, trying to find something else to listen to. I never once saw this book mentioned anywhere, and then you read the description. It's like the greatest book of the past decade or whatever. Da, da, da. And now I'm realizing it's probably just because everyone's just now finishing it. Right? It just came out in <laughs> September. It's a thousand pages long. This thing is impossibly long. Um, but yeah, I, I saw it. It sounds interesting, right? Um. And yeah, it's like 900 pages, and the hard cover was cheaper than the paperback for some reason. It's like 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I need to. I need to do. I need to. Pr- I need to prove that I can still read a book.
1: Yeah, it'll be a a centerpiece anyway. Exactly to your bookshelf. As yeah, well. I don't even know. I, that makes me think of. It's going to be so physically big. That's what I was saying. I don't even know how you're going to read it. So I, I was—I told you that I have i have like neck pain. Mm-hmm. And and as soon as you ordered it, I wasn't thinking about reading it physically. <laughs> you ordered it, and then I felt pressure like, oh, well, I need to do it physically too. But I'm like, I'm, I'm going to hold this thing.
0: I also ran into that because I just started on this 3,000-piece puzzle. Putting together the border of a 3,000-piece puzzle is one of the most painful things I've done in the past five years. My back was killing me because I'm bending over a table. I'm having to turn certain ways. You're probably standing. It took me an entire day just to go through every piece and get the border pieces out.
1: I haven't done a 3,000-piecer. I did a 2,000. What I'll say is you got to segment that out you got more than any puzzle like some puzzles i would just oh i see blue blue goes here when you're doing a big puzzle oh, yeah. i realized you have to be like i'm only doing left bottom yeah. quadrant that's that's mm-hmm. it i'm not doing anything else mm-hmm. and then build it out like that um so yeah the 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 thing for me and and you also famously at one point swore off long anything <laughs>
3: Like, yeah i'm done
1: with it i just want short stuff yeah you know is that also a reaction against like like or just like proclaiming your independence in this modern age of short content to to read the deluge is that also um, a motivation
0: i did not i mean obviously i did not give it that much thought you texted me about the book and i ordered it on amazon not even five minutes later
1: Exactly. So it was
0: just a gut reaction. But I think part of it is going back to what we're talking about from working from home is it has to be a commitment. I have to choose to read this book, right? Just like I've spent the past month choosing not to walk the dogs regularly, not to run how I was running normally, right? I've instead chosen to just stay in the house and be kind of lazy. And so I'm... I have to make a commitment. I have to, I'm going to have to, now I have this big ass thousand page book in my house. I'm going to have no time for idle YouTube in the background. If I'm not working right, no more low rogue legacy 2 I've got to stop. I've put enough hours into it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not purposefully making progress in death stranding or Working on my puzzle. I've got Death Stranding, my puzzle, and the Deluge. Those are the only three things I'm allowed to work on. Mm-hmm. And the Unabomber's Manifesto when I go to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Outside yeah. of that, and and the Unabomber might have to take a uh, take a, a leave of absence because I'm gonna have to read this book before I go to sleep too. Yeah. So those three things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the Unabombers gang too convincing. You're like three things. I got this puzzle, the manifesto, and a pipe bomb. That I'm, I'm building. That's it. I have had some thoughts
0: that I'll talk to you Off about air. after the podcast is over. Okay,
1: love to hear it. Watch how to blow up a pipeline.
0: Yeah, By it's way, on it's, my watch list.
1: Yeah, whatever. it's it's really good. So yeah. Anyway, those are that's just briefly what I've been thinking about. This week, especially The Deluge. We'll see. I, you know, I also randomly grabbed this. This was recommended by someone that I actually really, really like mm-hmm. um, reviewing books. Um, it's called Wellness. It's 500 pages mm-hmm. um, and all about like a couple mainly. Mm-hmm. So I've like, this spurred The Deluge for me because I've just read a lot of, Genre stuff, Lonesome Dove, mm-hmm. I read, which is super long. I don't, I don't think that's as long as the deluge. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I it's been a while since I've read a monster book like this, but I also am just like, I'm tired of, I'm tired of just living as I've been. I think mm-hmm. you know, for me, enough Vegas, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. NFL is over. Yeah. Right? Uh huh. NBA, I actually find as a nice background thing. I don't mind that. Yeah. I think I'm done with the random background stuff and more intentional reading. Cause I do think, I don't know that guy, but I like him. He makes sense. Mm-hmm. That thing in my brain got too small and it convinced me to the point where I was like, I can't physically read a book anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I just started physically reading books more. And I was like, I, I can read books. Yeah. I just don't want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I want to. I want to. I should want to. Yeah.
0: It's just easier to put your Vegas mat on and sit on your couch.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Okie dokie. All right. Bye-bye.
1: That's True Detective.
0: Bye-bye. 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 So go home. We love you. I love you.
2: Your time, so- <laughs>